Hi, I'm Ali, Salon Director at the Head Gardener Hair Salon in Inverness, and I'm delighted to be sponsoring this brilliant new podcast called Lump. It's honest, raw, challenging, funny, and very, very sweary. But let's face it, cancer is a bit bloody sweary. One last thing, make sure you rate, like, and share Lump wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks a million. And over to Penny. So this episode, we're going to be reflecting back on the last episode, which was this tribe. If you haven't heard it yet, it was episode 13, and it might be an idea to go and listen before you hear this one. Here's a little clip if you want a reminder. It's strange. In the past, I've wondered how I'd react if I ever heard I'd got cancer. And in my mind... I'd pictured myself as telling no one, locking the knowledge away inside my body and actively avoiding anyone else who was similarly afflicted. I couldn't imagine myself lining up to join some kind of cancer tribe. That's not how I'd roll, I told myself. I couldn't have been more wrong. I find myself open and relaxed in sharing the fact I have cancer. I want those around me to be at ease with discussing it, asking about it. And I found myself naturally gravitating towards other cancer sufferers, warriors, survivors, friends. It's not that I need to hear their success stories in order to believe in mine. All our stories are unique. Rather, it's that only someone else who's gone through this truly knows. Relief and respite sit within that shared knowing. I wanted to pause the lump story to take a moment to dive into that idea of the importance of a shared space and experience, that business of shared knowing. With me to do just that, I've got Amanda, Alison and Rebecca. We all met because we've all had cancer and we're all members of the Incredible Feet Running Club, which Becca set up earlier this year. I want to come on to talk about incredible feat because it has become really significant in all our various lives. Before we do that though, perhaps we should put our cancer cards on the table. Um, When we were diagnosed and with what, um, and just put it out there. Who wants to go first, Becca? Uh, Yeah, I was diagnosed in 2021 in the spring with um, breast cancer and I had a mastectomy in the uh, April and I'm on tamoxifen now. Alison? I was diagnosed with breast cancer in January 2022. Um, Mine was a protein-based HER2 positive, Um, so it was quite an aggressive one. So after the lump was removed, I had to get chemotherapy and radiotherapy and year-long injections as well, which I finished back in June there. And I was diagnosed with breast cancer in October. 2022 and I had a mastectomy and then they discovered it was grade three rather than grade two and it was in my lymph nodes already Um, so then I had to start chemotherapy which I completed then I had an axial lymph node dissection and now I'm on radiotherapy going on to hormone therapy. So we've all got the shared cancer experience but we happen to all happen you know happen to or have the shared breast cancer yes. experience for, for what that kind of adds to it. Mm-hmm. 
I said in that last episode that, you know, I didn't think that I was going to turn to other people um, with cancer. I couldn't imagine that before I had cancer myself. But actually, in practice, I, I looked for people really, really quickly. And I just wondered what your different experiences were of when you started to look for the tribe. Well, when I first went through um, cancer, um, one of my colleagues at work, a male colleague, um, he went off a couple of months after me and he had um, colon cancer. So he was going through quite an intensive treatment. So for me, going through treatment by myself at that time, it was important for me to help him. And it wasn't until after I'd been through all my treatment that I thought I really didn't know anybody else with cancer. I've tried the various groups and that, but I find them quite intense. It wasn't until I got to Incredible Feet, it's just like, wow, I could actually laugh about cancer. And I couldn't stop laughing every time we're together. <laughs> it's just silliness, but we can actually laugh. And that's when I really find the people that I want to be with, because I've seen them on a regular basis. So, But you were looking for those contacts by the sound yeah, of it quite I was. early on. I was looking for the contacts. Like I say, I hadn't met other people, but it just wasn't what I was really looking for. It was really quite heavy. It was, which you, you you expect cancer to be in talking about cancer, of course it is, but it wasn't until I joined Incredible Feet that I realised it was what I needed. It was, it was, it was, it just gave me something, you know, life after cancer. Yeah. I had a few people introduced to me that helped, and so I was quite isolated. I was working from home. Um, my mother had passed away in 2020 from pancreatic cancer, and then I'd lost my dad. He had a fatal heart attack uh, in 2021, so I felt very alone. My cousin's wife had had throat cancer, um, and she had come through it very well, although the treatment's quite brutal. Um, I had another friend whose husband had had throat cancer. So they were helpful in being supportive and telling me not to worry about the treatment, that I would come out the other side, and that was reassuring. But similar to Alison, I didn't really have a, a tribe or a network of people lifted my spirits. They were very supportive. Um, again, I got introduced to a, a, my husband's colleague who, you know, we did a long dog walk and she talked about the chemo that was coming up and everything and that was immensely helpful, but I didn't know her as a person before that. Um, and I just, you know, felt that they were all individually giving me tips, which were great, you know, guidance as to how to get through the upcoming procedures. But it wasn't until, again, I connected with Rebecca and joined Incredible Feet that I found people who were just spontaneously like funny and engaged and yeah. wanting to be more than their cancer and that I really felt connected. So Rebecca for you what was the hole for you that you felt it needed filling by creating this running group? Yeah I think it's interesting because I think like you, I immediately wanted to connect with people that were in a similar situation um, and like you had very supportive friends and family members um, that I could talk to openly. So there was no kind of issue there in terms of the support, but there was just this, I think, need to connect with people that understood it. Um, and like Alison, I tried to go to some of the more traditional support groups and things. Um, and I spoke to a psychologist about kind of trying to deal with it and things, especially, you know, 
concerns about when you have young children the sort of effect on them and things and I just found that I didn't feel comfortable in any of those settings really um, and I think the reason I thought about Incredible Feet was just I think what I'd been looking for was an opportunity to connect with people but in a way that's empowering and hopeful and it's not all about cancer because I think when cancer dominates your every waking thought, the thought of going into a room and sitting in a circle and talking about cancer for an hour and being a victim of cancer mm -hmm. is just really disempowering, I think, for some people. And I know there's a lot of people that get comfort from support groups, so it's not to say anything negative about that because I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all approach for everyone. But I'd been kind of running regularly with friends and I thought... I always felt better for it, you know, mentally and physically from the actual running, you know, being part of a community. And I just thought, imagine doing something like this with other people that are sharing the same experience. And I think as well, in terms of the support aspect, is we're equals. You know, it's not someone who's being paid to sit and listen to you offload about your cancer and who very likely hasn't had that experience themselves and is trying to advise you from a place of not really knowing exactly what you're going through. Um, whereas we kind of, it's all equal support that we give it to each other, so. Yeah, and I think that's a, a real fair point. I did also try um, some of the support groups and I, I found it really depressing. Not, I mean, nothing, mm -hmm. no reflection on the, the support groups at all, but I sat there and it was all online for me because at the time I was in the, the, the thick of, of lockdown. And I just looked at everyone and thought, I don't, I don't recognise myself in any of you. I don't, I don't recognise where I'm coming from in any of the stuff you're saying. I feel great empathy and sympathy, but it, it was like it was sitting with a group of strangers and everyone was a group of strangers. I hadn't thought about the point of, of it, you know, not being with someone who was paid to be there, but I do wonder whether there's that slight thing in thinking, if someone's even, you know, hosting or guiding or chairing those kind of conversations, thinking, you've no idea. And, and that can sound like, an, it's not meant to sound arrogant, but you just sit and think, you know what, unless you're in my shoes, you mm. just don't know. Yeah. Um, so I think we probably sound like we're all coming from a similar place. Now, I, I felt that I had a tribe in that, as I, I said in the, the podcast episode last week, that... It, it occurred to me suddenly that loads of my friends who were already good friends, mm -hmm. albeit not in Inverness necessarily, were going through their own cancer experiences, though not necessarily breast cancer. Some of them, like Kenris, who came in the picture. And so that, that felt really important. And my oldest friend in Australia was incredibly supportive. But I don't think I realised at the time it was that business of finding other points of connection mm -hmm. rather than the cancer being the sole point of connection and how important that was. I mean, we've touched on it a little bit, but is that, is that what you found when you joined Incredible Feet? I mean, we found Incredible Feet because you got in touch with me, having heard me talk about my experiences when I was doing something for, for BBC Out of Doors and that got you to the blog and here we are. Um, but I think we we met up, Rebecca, and 
there were points of connection that were immediately not about cancer. And I think that's really significant. Is that where you're all at? And what, what I think are it just appealed to me. I saw your article in the Inverness Courier and I just thought, at last, oh, thank goodness, you know, here's somebody who's been through what I've been through who likes running and who wants to get out there and be running and be fit and be healthy and in nature. And I just thought, oh, fantastic. And I just texted, like, within a week, cut the article out, texted. Because <laughs> I thought, oh, I God, like, oh, have we got to run? <laughs> oh, God. we do. I want, I want to meet with Rebecca and I want to support what she's doing. <laughs> oh, man. So, so I started doing Couch to 5K in kind of preparation for turning up. <laughs> Because because I thought, oh God, you've got to run. Um, although the running, you know, has been has been amazing, and um, I'm not running at the moment because I'm injured. But I really I do miss it terribly. Were you a runner, Alison? I had been on love for years, um, but oh. when I started with this group, um, I had high expectations of myself, and I think you all know that I gave myself such a hard time when I wasn't anywhere near what I thought I was, but. Um, it's not just about the running though. I mean, I'm not going to be running any 10Ks anytime soon, but I'm just happy with coming out and joining in and being part of the group. It's, it's We all know cancer is there, but it's not about the cancer. It's about us um, being together and having fun together, I think, and having a laugh. I love the group chat before we even met because I couldn't run. I was going through chemo, and but Becca joined me into the WhatsApp group. And so all the exchanges and everything, and then I was starting to panic, thinking, oh my gosh, they're, they're going to be like so far ahead by the time I <laughs> get through this phase of treatment and can join them. <laughs> but it was so great just to know, just to see all the messages backwards and forwards and the jokiness of it. You know, there the was humor. a lot of shared experiences as well, though, in terms of, I don't know, I'm, I'm interested in what those points of connections are. And obviously part of it is that we all want to be fit mm-hmm. and... Um, whatever that fitness looks like. And for me, I, you know, I used to run years ago, but had not done that for a long time. So the running wasn't it, but, but the being fit, being outdoors seems to be another point of connection. A lot of us have, have relatively young kids, but there's something even about our values that I think seems to connect us and attitudes. And that just seems to be so much more Im- those points of connection seem so much more important than just being with someone who's had cancer. Mm. And I wondered what you see as being those points of connection. I think everybody's very positive. I, I used to find when I couldn't join you every week because I was on chemo one week and then I would join you in the second week when I was feeling better, I, I found my mood was kind of starting to slide and starting to slide. And then when I managed to make it out, everybody was so positive and about life and about what they were doing and chatting about what they were going to be up to at the weekend and what they were having for dinner which would give you an idea as to what to cook for your own dinner it just yeah. it just lifted my mood and then I knew great I can get through the next two weeks until I see you all again yeah I think so yeah just that it, it's it, the incredible feat it's not just people that have had cancer that have come along there's Brian and there's Dag and I mean Dag takes along his own brand of 
Dagnus, Dagnus. <laughs> and I thought, do you know what? And it's just nice having people around us that um that are completely aware of our situation and don't mind when we're talking about boobs. Because <laughs> at the start, I found that when we were there and we were all getting to know each other's stories, or like our cancer stories. And like if we were sitting having tea after a run and that and then we'd all start talking about boobs and then you'd be like, Oh Doug, I'm really sorry, I forgot you were there and he's like, No, no, it's absolutely fine. What's interesting though, and, and for I mean lots of people who won't know what Incredible Feet is, so it's a running group that meets up twice a week, started by Rebecca, and everyone who comes along is impacted by cancer in some way, whether that's having had cancer yourself or someone um, close to you with cancer. Um uh in Doug's case, he'd worked in, in oncology at one point, um, and Brian is one of the run leaders. Um, I think it's been quite interesting hearing the impact it's had on them. Um, I, I've often had people say to me, I know someone who's just been diagnosed, what do I say? Mm. And it, it's almost like it's a language you need to have a no, and you're suddenly an expert in what to say and not say <laughs> as soon as you have a diagnosis. But when you're standing outside of it, it seems like such a big, difficult thing. And it's been interesting hearing Doug and Brian say that I suspect they're much more comfortable with the language yeah. of, of cancer through hearing us all talk. But I thought if someone wants to take something away from this particular episode, maybe it's worth thinking about the things that are really not helpful when you've had a diagnosis and you're around people who, of course, they don't understand exactly what you're going through and don't know what to say. But what are the things that you found least helpful that anyone said to you? I put you right on the spot. You're looking great. You're looking great? Yeah, I used to get that all the time. That's because we're drinking so much water. It's yeah. The only way you get through the treatment is to hydrate constantly so your skin looks amazing. Yeah, but you don't, you don't actually see what's going on inside me, the turmoil and the, oh my God, I don't want to be standing talking to you right now. Mm -hmm. But you're saying I'm looking great. So I'm going to smile and say thank you just to make you feel better about it. But It's, it's not a bit like grief in that way, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, you don't really know what to say to someone who's been bereaved and it feels like people are in that same situation when they learn that you've got cancer and they want to say something. They want to show that they feel for you and that they're there for you, but it is difficult for them to yeah. find the words. Yeah. I mean, you're looking great. It's not the worst thing in the world for somebody to say to you, but everyone used to say it to me. I've bumped into And it just, yeah, just like, yeah, thank you. One of my bugbears was, just think positive. I couldn't couldn't bear that one as if as if it always felt like if if you had a negative day then you're <laughs> gonna have bad days that if it didn't go well that so you had too many negative days <laughs> <Penny>. <laughs> you had too many negative days and I'd be like oh, you know almost as if you could jinx your own cancer and I so I I didn't like the kind of just think positive power of positive um drove me fairly fairly bonkers I think up there with that is be kind to yourself. Really, <laughs> the advice that people should give you is, do you know what? Sit in bed, read a damn good book, watch trashy daytime television if you don't feel up to doing anything else and don't feel guilty about it. Yes, that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca's being really 
like you're not coming forward with stuff that well, you people said. Well, I think that is quite a difficult topic because I do think everyone's different in what they need to hear. And sometimes it is your very close friend or your husband or whoever it is that is going to understand what you need to hear. And some people respond well to lots of empathy. Some people respond well to, right, come on, let's get this done and then we can go back to enjoying life or whatever. But so I just kind of hesitate to, there are certainly things that were said to me or um, approaches to showing, you know, support that I wasn't that keen on. But I think I just, I've tried to sort of think about that it's coming from the right yeah, and I wasn't Absolutely. wanting to be overly yeah. critical, but mm. I think it actually hearing the stuff, even if they're different things that didn't necessarily work for mm. us, is possibly quite useful if you're listening to this yeah. and you're thinking, actually, I wouldn't mind having a, a little list of stuff that maybe I should think twice about before yeah. I dish out. The, the one that I found particularly difficult was, you'll be fine. Well, um, you don't know at the start. Sometimes, yeah. you don't, who, sometimes it's not clear what exactly you have at the start. So it's very unclear. Yeah. And no one can say you'll be fine. No. And, and of course people are reaching for something to say mm. that will be of comfort and saying, you'll be fine, you've got this. Mm. Mm, I, and every time someone said it, I thought, you don't know. I don't know. I don't know. No one knows. No. People and, were very kind with gifts. I found I had got so many flowers, it was wonderful, yeah. because they do lift your mood. Mm -hmm. Even a, you know, a small little bunch of daisies lifts your mood, you know. You've got lots of flowers? I got loads of flowers. Oh, I didn't get any flowers. I've got an obscene <laughs> amount of herbal tea. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to give away ever since. <laughs> oh. uh, I got oh. lots of chocolate, which was great at the beginning, and then I started to have that whole yeah. anxiety about too much sugar. Yeah. But, uh, but I got some really great gifts from other people who'd been through breast cancer. I got this fantastic little gift bag from my husband's colleague with like hand cream in and, you know, just the little kind of homeopathy to help you sleep, to put mm -hmm. on your pillow, because mm -hmm. obviously you get insomnia with all the, mm. you know, dexamethasone that they give you. And so things like that, touches that they knew would be helpful, which was lovely. What I got from when I left work, when I went off sick from work, um, the my staff, my clients, gave me a jar of little notes, all folded up. So when I was having a bad time, just pick out a note Aww. and say that you really missed Alison and you're really wanted here. And like my client would write his name saying, so-and-so really wants to see you soon. So yeah, that was amazing. That's really thoughtful. Yeah, I've still, I've still got that, yeah. Yeah. That's lovely. It was beautiful, mm. yeah. Yeah, so there's there are things that that, Let's, that work. You know, yeah, that yeah. people are thinking about you. They might not know what to say, but they've given you something that you know that you will use as you're yeah, going through yeah. the treatment or that makes you realise they're thinking about you. And I think you don't have to... I think it, it must be really difficult for the people around us who are trying to reach for the right thing. And it, you're right. Becca, it's, it's all coming from the right place. It really yeah. is. But I think there is a language that, that now we all share. And we go out on those runs and we don't have to think about what we yeah. say. We can laugh about it. And we do. We can laugh uproariously about it. And 
very difficult to give permission to someone who's around you, who hasn't had cancer, permission to, mm. to laugh mm -hmm. and say it's okay to laugh about it. And so I think that the language is, the language around cancer that comes from a place of love, I think is quite a difficult one. Mm -hmm. And we now all share it. And we share it in particular because we've got those other points of connection. The, the, the things that we value in life, the, the fitness, the outdoors. Yeah, I think that in terms of points of connection, it, it is partly as well how we want to approach life uh, during and beyond cancer. And that is something I think that we all have in common is the way that we want to treat it and the way we want our future to be. Um, and that kind of feeling of taking control and um, feeling empowered. I think one of the um, things that cancer gives people is they lose a bit of that ego and self-consciousness. And so we went, when we come together, we can, anyone that comes to the group can immediately, you know, say something very personal about their cancer and their treatment they can be as silly as they like <laughs> we all are most of the time um, she gave me a look there i know <laughs> yeah i know let's not do that uh, yeah some people are really rude <laughs> yes <laughs> get penny another look there rats, rats. <laughs> rude sense of humor um <laughs> but <laughs> but i think the other point is that we also just don't want the rest of our lives to be all about cancer I mean it's hard you can't ever completely shut the door on it but when we get together we know that we could talk about it if we need to but that there is absolutely no obligation to talk about it and yeah. some days we're just going to be getting on with talking about normal everyday life and also I think the other thing that creates this very kind of positive atmosphere in the group is that because cancer can be this sort of catalyst of quite significant change in people's lives you know we get together and have these discussions don't we about what we're going to do next yes. and and you've got this very supportive network around you who instead of when you say oh, I'm going to quit my job they're not like oh no think about um financial security and your pension they're like yes <laughs> Because you don't know how long the line is. You can't say, oh, down at some point in the future, I'm going to do this. You, you don't know yeah. how long you yeah, have a, to do these things. A huge Caesar Day mentality. Yeah. Huge Caesar Day mentality. I think the other thing that it, it's probably worth, worth pointing out is actually Lump Podcast would not exist was it not for incredible feet. Because I got really cold feet about doing the podcast and about putting it out there. And then there were several occasions, several weeks when we were out running and one of you would say something and I'd think, I wrote about that. I wrote about that very thing. I mean, that, I mean, almost exactly that. And it felt like such an overlap that I thought, well, maybe I should put the podcast out there. Maybe I should record this because... I didn't know anyone else had thought like that. Mm -hmm. And time and again, out running, there was these little, little overlaps, yeah. these little sparks. 
-hmm. and I just thought I'd like someone else to know if they wanted to find the podcast and listen to it. I want them to know they're not on their own. And I, I think I'd felt really quite alone until I joined Incredible Feet. And I don't think I realised it. I think you're right there. I mean, I think I felt alone. Like, I did have people around me who supported me, but not, I didn't know too many people who had cancer, or any kind of cancer. But um, I felt when, for long enough, going through this treatment that, I was cancer, cancer was me, I wasn't a separate identity um, for a long time going through the treatment and it wasn't until I started coming to the group that I started going through what was, what was going on in my life, where was my life going to go after this and that's when I really started thinking and I've been putting a lot of pressure on myself up until that point but when I was speaking to all yous, like we were having discussions all the time about what was I going to do next and I think I changed my mind a few times and then I ended up like, I'm not, cancer isn't my life anymore. I'm going to be Alison again. I'm probably, hopefully, a better version of Alison. Because, yeah, I made huge decisions about my life that I probably would never have had if I hadn't had cancer. So I think that idea of I'm not cancer, cancer is not me, is, it's an interesting one because the thing that got us all to know each other we sort of because yeah. we we sort of were cancer or cancer was yeah. the driving force behind it. So there's that there's that strange I wouldn't say tension, but there's that strange balance between how much cancer is a part of your life and how much it 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 isn't. Mm -hmm. And I ironically we all meet and go running because we share the experience of cancer. And we've all got these amazing friendships now, which are really strong because of cancer. And we but wouldn't have met otherwise. We yeah. wouldn't have met otherwise. But at the same token, we sort of all want cancer to, to do one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so be because we know each other through cancer, because we're going to continue our friendship through cancer, Partly, we can't escape cancer. And that's a weird one for me. I just don't... I, I think it's hard to ever escape cancer once you've been there, though. I just don't think you can ever completely shut the door on it because you realise there is always that uncertainty. And the uncertainty was always there before. It's just, you know, a lot more palpable now because it's hit. And so... And and that's something I think I wrestle with a little bit is some days you feel quite resentful that you have this thing that you have to worry about that you sometimes feel people you walk past on the street don't have to worry about, which isn't, you know, loads of people are affected by it. So actually that, and you know, I don't think that's kind of like um, that rational, a kind of sort of feeling. And then other times I think lots of amazing things have happened that wouldn't have happened if this awful thing hadn't happened and it's and you've said that before I think Penny when you were it's launching the podcast mm -hmm. it's that it gives you a lot of things and one of them just being complete clarity about the things that matter in life and the importance of looking after each other and 
making sure people know how important they are to you, how much you care about them and what they mean to you and things. And I just think, you know, because of cancer, every day you get up and you try to live life the best way you can because you know of this uncertainty, you know, nothing's guaranteed. So it's really difficult, isn't it? Because in some ways you think, I wish this never happened. I wish I didn't have to think about it ever again. But it gives you so much as well. Um, and that's weird. That. that is weird, yeah. It's weird because I hate cancer. I hate yeah. everything about it. I hate what it's done. Mm-hmm. And I, I care passionately about the impact it's had on all your lives. And everyone I know who's had cancer, I can't bear it. But at the same time, that cancer has brought you all of you and many other people into my lives who I wouldn't want to not be in my life. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. I, I have that kind of weird conflict yeah. of thinking, right, and, maybe, and maybe, that's, maybe that's a sweetener. Maybe I have to see that as a sweetener that comes with the bitterest of pills. Mm. Is, is, again, I come back to that gifts, yeah. the gifts that it has brought, which I really value. And that's those friendships, those connections, those laughs that we have out on those runs. Um, and I, w- I wouldn't be without them. Yeah. And it is, it's weird in my head that cancer has brought so much positive. And it almost feels kind of wrong to say it, you know, exactly. in, the ca- you know in the cancer yeah. language, on the things you kind of sit and think, can I talk about cancer bringing gifts? Can I talk about it bringing stuff I wouldn't want to be without mm-hmm. when it brought so much shit. But maybe that's one of the eternal, I don't know, weirdnesses of where we find ourselves. Yeah, I think it outbends your life and everybody else's life around you. So when you can come away from it with new friendships, I think it's one of the most amazing things. Would I change? Would I rather not have had cancer? Mm, it's happened. I can't answer that question now. It's happened, and the things that have that have happened in my life since then have been pretty amazing. So I can't say I would change the past. I know that sounds really weird. But oh, good on you! I'm impressed. Mm-hmm. I just wish I'd found it earlier. <laughs> yeah. I would still have signed up for the cancer experience and meeting you all. I just wish I'd found it earlier. Yeah. But then, how many people say that? Hey, those are really big things just said. From both of you. I, yeah, I don't know where I can sit with that. I mm-hmm. think it's just been such a ride that, that to say, you know, I, I'd find it very difficult to say I, I, I'll take the cancer experience because of the positives it brings. I think, I think physically it's been so difficult mm-hmm. that I, I can't, but at the same time I wouldn't be without you all. So it's a, it's a curious, it's a curious one, and I'm profoundly grateful for those, you know, the intensity of those relationships in my life that are now there. Because of fucking cancer. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's acceptance <laughs> in the end, of the way I see it. <laughs> um, we should wrap this up for anyone who doesn't. Uh, know about Incredible Feet, know where to find Incredible Feet. Obviously, they, they're going to need to be in Inverness to find us, but where's the details, Rebecca, for where 
anyone can track us down. Or even if you've had cancer and are visiting Inverness, <laughs> you can come and, <laughs> come, and, come and join us. We're a great crack. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, Becca wants you to start up your own incredible feet. If you don't live if you in don't Inverness, live in Inverness <laughs> yeah. you can start your own. Yeah. So, Incredible Feet on Facebook, Incredible Feet Running on Instagram. And um, you can get details on there. There is a mobile number if you'd like to have a chat. I don't know off the top of my head, so you will have to go to the Facebook page for that. Um, we don't have a website yet, but we can join the WhatsApp group. You don't have to have come to a first session or anything like that. And that is quite a nice part of it, I think, that's occurred with the WhatsApp group, isn't it? Because there are people on there that aren't able to kind of run at the moment and stuff, yeah. and it keeps us all connected, and we can still arrange coffee dates and things like that. So, But we are, we are going to get a website soon, aren't we? In we fact, are going to get a website Thanks soon. to the sponsorship, this is where we put the sponsorship bit in, thanks to the sponsorship of D&D Paving. Yeah, we couldn't have the website without D&D Paving. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Pat. I want it, on the subject of sponsorship. I want to say a massive thank you as well, of course, to Ali McCritchie and the whole team at the Head Gardener in Inverness for their ongoing support with the Lump Podcast. If you're in the Highlands, go and check them out. They're fantastic hairdressers. Plus, if you are in the salon and you tell the team that you're listening to Lump Podcast, you'll get a free gift. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? Um, huge thank you, Becca, thank you. Amanda, Alison. Thank you. My bad boob buddies. Yeah. <laughs> You're one boob buddy. <laughs> yes, bad boob. In the singular, one boob buddies, bad boob buddies. If you're enjoying the Lump series, do like, rate and comment and share, share, share it because the more you share it, the easier it is for others to find us. Cancer is rubbish. It's not easy to, to talk about as we've been talking about this evening. It's a language all of its own. But for some people listening to this, you know, it might be the only place they hear about the experiences, um, experiences like ours. So share it, share it, share it, share it. That's it until the next episode when we are back on track with the next instalment of The Lump Story. Lump is written and presented by me, Penny Stewart, and produced by Adventurous Audio. <laughs>